This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling me to the heavenly. Be seated in heavenly places, just like heaven, just like heaven on earth. To be walking in His favor and graces, just like heaven, just like heaven on earth. Good morning. Tallahassee. Good morning. You're listening to Wave 94.1. We're coming live with Escape to Heaven from Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And it is really great to be with you this morning. Um, We just had a wonderful Thanksgiving, so we're glad that we're here. We we know the times that we're living in, and I think that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And what we're starting out with is the days are coming, or the days are here, that we're facing uh, things that we know not. We cannot understand what this is that we're going through, but... We're going to go to the Word of God and just see if we can figure this out. Hold on. So what we're going to start out with is understanding the sovereignty of our Lord and Savior. We, we always talk about escaping to heaven, and sometimes I think we're saying it meaning two or three different things. One, we want to be where the Lord is. Two, we want to be where there's joy, peace, happiness, and love. And three, we want to be in right standing um, with our Savior. So I think it's a great idea that we look at the sovereignty of our Lord and, and what he's all about. When we go to Psalms 33rd chapter, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. O you righteous for praise from the upright is beautiful. So we are to praise the Lord with the heart. Uh, Make melody to him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. (laughs) Okay, for the word of the Lord is right and all of his work is done in truth. God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. When we're saying that we want to escape to heaven, we're really saying we want the goodness and the fruitfulness of the Lord to be with us, inside us, and around us. We want to receive the fruits of goodness. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them, meaning all the angels, were made by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap, lays up the deep and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Why? Because we, we have to stand in awe of God. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the people no effect. The counsel of the Lord, however, stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Has God only desired to bless us. So blessed is the nation whose God is the creator of heaven and earth. 
um, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Yes, that were the Israelites. But through Jesus, that has also been extended to you and I if we are Gentiles. And the good thing about it, the Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men from the place he dwell. So heaven is a dwelling place. He looks down on all the inhabitants. He uh, looks at our hearts individually. He even consider all the works of our hand. So the Lord is great and powerful, okay? And um, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. I'm hoping in his mercy right now on several things that I'm living through in life. But more importantly, I'm hoping in God's mercy to deliver my soul from death and to keep me alive even in famine. So our soul waits for the Lord. When we say we're trying to escape to heaven, we're really saying we're trying to escape from all problems, all confusions, all wickedness. That's what that means when we say that. And uh, because why? He is our help, our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. So I thought it was good for us before we talk about the days that are coming that we really understand uh, that we're trying to get back to where we came from, that all of us have come from the Lord. As we can see, God created everything. Not only did he create the entire environment, he created you as well. So in that sense, uh, Jesus was with, uh, you know, discipling and teaching and preaching. And over in, um, over in Mark, I believe it was, where he's telling them or he's asking them, what is the first commandment? Meaning, what is the first thing that the creator of heaven and earth uh, said to us as a people, as created items or beings, right? And um, the scribes even said, the first of all the commandments, okay? So Jesus answered. The first was, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the first thing. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So this is the first commandment that you and I, even today, should be striving to comply with. And we know that we can't do it on our own accord, but with the guidance and the help of the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, we are able to do exactly this. The second commandment is that you shall love nope, your neighbor as yourself. And so loving your neighbor as yourself implies that you love yourself. When you love something, you don't bring harm to it. So how do you, as an individual on earth today, understand when am I loving myself? You're loving yourself when you are not doing anything that would bring death to you. And there's no other commandments greater than these. So if we look back to the days are coming, and that's pretty much what I want to talk about, what days are coming, what days are we living in right now, 
And it says uh, over in Jeremiah, ninth chapter, 24 to 26 verse, it says, But let him who glory, glory in this, understand and know God, that I am the Lord. Exercising, and here we go, I want to go to heaven. So in that state, the Lord is exercising loving kindness, righteousness, judgment in the earth, for in these things I delight, says the Lord. But the Lord also said, Behold, the days are coming that I will punish all who are circumcised. Wow, that's scary with the uncircumcised. Oh, that's scary. Do you understand what that means? Because that, 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 I mean, that could be taken like physically and it can also be taken spiritually. You know, physically, which is what it was referring to back then was Egypt, Judah, Edom, the, the Ammonites and the Moabites who dwelt in the wilderness. Those were uncircumcised. But then also the house of Israel was uncircumcised in the heart. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for explaining. So that's what that means when he says, I will punish those who are circumcised. He means physically adhering to the Levitical law of circumcision and and um, the uncircumcised, those who Gentiles who are not even trying to do that. Um, why? Because the circumcised ones physically are not circumcised in their heart. So the days are coming when God will punish those who are openly rebellious to those and in addition to those who are going to church and, you know, got the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, denying that God can save you, deliver you, and transform you, denying that the word is should be eaten minute by minute daily so that you can be transformed, as Romans, the 12th chapter, talks about. Over in Amos, so we know now before I get to Amos that the days are coming when the Lord will punish those who refuse to follow the ways of God. Those are the days that are coming. And Amos the 8th chapter talks about, behold, the days are coming um, that God will send a famine in the land. And it's not a famine of bread. It's not a. It's not because you're thirsty and you need water. But the famine will be that you would be seeking a prophetic word. You would be seeking guidance from God. But you cannot find it. The Bible says that we, the people would wander from sea to sea, from north to east. And they shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord but they shall not find it. And prior to that, it let us know that the people who are seeking prophetic words from God, they're suffering. Suffering in the sense that they, they're mourning, they're lamenting, they're wearing sackcloth, they have boldness, their, their life is bitter. And, and when you get to that level of bitterness, well, you cannot find relief where your mental health is gone. When you're on every drug, you're, you're drinking every day, 
all types of perversion, trying to seek relief, but you cannot find it. And then you realize that if, but if I could just get to God, my life would change. And uh, you'll seek the prophetic word of the Lord, but would not be able to find it. Those days are coming. And um, even Jesus talked about in Luke uh, 23rd chapter 28th verse, he said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourself and for your children. Uh, at that moment, they don't even know the Jews or the Israelites at, at, as a whole would say, let the sin of Jesus' uh, crucifixion be on us and our children. They don't know that. They haven't even lived through that moment yet. And Jesus is already speaking prophetically. And he says, for indeed the days are coming, there we go again, in which they will say, blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and breasts which never nurse. And they will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. Those days are coming. They're not here yet, but we can see indication of those days. And uh, going to the Bible again, I mean, this is a Bible study kind of uh, ministry. And over in Mark, I believe the, let me see, I think the 13th chapter. Right. And uh, Jesus is now referring to the fact that the temple, this great temple that was built, uh, that not one stone shall be left upon another that, that it should be utterly destroyed. And so Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they asked him privately, tell us, when will these things be? Meaning, when will these days come? And what will be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled, where the temple would not even exist? And uh, Jesus says, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, that's where we are now. The days are coming, but that is here. Do not be troubled, is what Jesus said. For such things must happen, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nations, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes. In various places, there'll be famines, troubles, and this is just called the beginning of sorrows. I would say right now, today, and today's date might be November 27th, 2023, we all can agree that we are in the beginning of sorrows. But watch out for yourself. This is Jesus speaking for they will deliver believers up to councils and we will be beaten. You'll be brought before rulers and kings for Jesus' sake, for a testimony. But the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. So where are we with that? Are the, is the gospel being preached to all nations? I would almost say yes, that we've also, we've arrived there as well via TV, missionaries, social media, telephone, 
It's everywhere. So that is already happening. Um, <clears throat> what is not yet fully here, but it's beginning, is the arrest that believers, Christians will be arrested and delivered. But Jesus said, do not worry beforehand or premeditate on what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it would not be you who speak, but it will be the Holy Spirit. Also, uh, Jesus said in Mark, the 13th chapter, 12th verse, Brother will betray brother. Father, his child, children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And Christians and believers will be hated by all for Jesus' sake. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. I would venture to say that in parts of the world, and even beginning now in the United States and Canada, you're beginning to see this persecution. So the days are coming, and also the days are now. This is where we are. But when, when we see the abomination of desolation, all right, so we probably need to explain that. That refers to the temple, and that is why everyone believes that that temple in Jerusalem needs to be built and that they would uh, start having the worships as they did in the past. And um, there will be an incident that occurred, and it's called the Abomination of Desolation. And, and that, is, that uh, particular event is where, in the middle of all of their worshiping, that the Antichrist, I'm going to speak conversationally, okay, right now. So the Antichrist will come to the temple, and he would declare himself to be the God of the universe. And um, he would, their worships would then be defiled. Now, Jesus is referring to that in the 14th verse. <clears throat> he says, when you see that event occur, then those that are in Judea, so that means it's going to happen in Jerusalem, <clears throat> you are to flee to the mountains. And those who are, uh, if you're on the housetop, just grab everything and run. If you're in the fields, run. If you're pregnant and nursing, well, you, you, you're going to have a really hard way to go. And hopefully this will not be uh, in the winter. For in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the creation. And we just spoke about how, you know, the creator is sovereign over all and how we are to praise him and worship him. But the tribulation that will start, and that's sometimes called the Great Tribulation, never since the day that God created creation itself has will they be such despair, nor shall it ever be again. And unless the Lord has shortened those days, those tribulation days, Great Tribulation days, no flesh would be saved, but, and this is why, you know, I really believe, I know we talk about the rapture, 
But when you read this verse, it says, But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. I hope that the rapture occurs before the abomination of desolation. But I don't read that. But whenever it does occur, it is done out of mercy, long-suffering, kindness, and the grace of God that we, the believers, would not suffer to the same extent as those that do not believe. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. Because even during this same period, there will be false Christ, false prophets. They'll rise, they'll show signs and wonders. And if it was possible, they would be able to deceive the elect, but it's not possible. But they will deceive everyone else. So Jesus says, take heed, see, I have told you all these things beforehand. And in those days, the days that are coming, that's what we're speaking about today. We want to escape to heaven. But I'm here to tell you that there are some things that we are not going to be able to escape. So we, it would be wise that we know what's coming. And, and we're speaking about in the days that are coming. And then what do you do? What can you do? Well, let's keep talking. <clears throat> and Mark, the 13th chapter, looking at the 24th verse. But in those days after, look at that, after that great tribulation, right? The sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall. The powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And Jesus will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds. And that word gather is the same words that is being used for the rapture. So it seems at that point, after the stars of heaven have fallen, the powers in the heaven is shaken. Oh my God. Oh, great tribulation that's never seen before and never will be seen again. Verse 27 says, and then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, <clears throat> from the furthest part of earth to the furthest part of heaven. And now here's the parable from the fig tree. When its branches has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Let's understand what did Jesus mean when he said that. Verse 28, here's what he meant. When you see, going back to the first part of Mark 13, that um, you hear of the wars and the rumors of wars, nations rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, ethnicity, uh, racism, earthquakes, famines, troubles. That's the beginning of sorrow. Now you see persecution of believers, mothers and and fathers and children turning against each other for the sake of Jesus. 
and then the abomination of desolation in Jerusalem. And now even greater tribulation than we can ever imagine, that we can't even imagine. When we see all of this, that means that the branch has become tender and it has put forth leaves and now the summer is near. So what is summer? Let's go further. Verse 29. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it, meaning the Lord grabbing his people, reestablishing a new kingdom, that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus' words will by no means pass away. Here's our problem. Verse 32, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven or the Son, but only the Father. So even Jesus do not really know when all this, the it, the day of the Lord it, <laughs> when that will happen. So what we are to do while we're here on earth, we're to take heed, pay attention, watch and pray. For we do not know when the time is. Okay? So watch therefore because you don't know when the master of the house, when the Lord is coming. Could be in the evening, could be midnight, could be at the morning time, could be the croak of day with the rooster crowing. The point is be ready because he's coming. Jesus is really coming. And uh, there are different comings. This coming is coming to gather together his elect. I view that as the rapture. But look at all of the activities <clears throat> that must occur per Mark, the 13th chapter, before Jesus come. So the point is, line yourself up with the Lord. Get ready. Amen. Um, I did want you to know that there is a covenant. You can rely and trust on the covenant. We have a new covenant with the creator of heaven and earth. All is not lost. Hope is not lost. Okay. Hebrews, the eighth chapter, it talks about the new covenant. And again, it's behold, the days are coming, said the Lord. That, um, you know, that first covenant, it had faults with it, could not be adhered to. It didn't work. And the Lord himself says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that he made with their fathers. And those of us that are, you know, the Gentiles, that new covenant pertains to us as well because it's through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that new covenant, I believe it's in Hebrews the ninth chapter. I'm using the Bible and running there right now. We're about ready to pray. Here it is. It says, um, for he will put, God will put his laws in our mind and write them in our hearts. And he will be our God and he will be, we will be his people. He will be merciful to us. Okay. And his, and the sins and uh, all of the lawless deeds that we've done, God will remember no more. So it's a new covenant. 
the old covenant is obsolete. And, and the only thing I can say to you and I is for us to trust in the work that Jesus did. The fact that he took his own blood uh, to, the, uh, to the altar in heaven, okay? So he went to heaven and he presented the accomplishment of what he did here on earth. Um, he went into the holiest of holy where that tabernacle was still standing. And then he came as high priest of the good things to come. So the good things are coming as well. And he had a greater and more perfect tabernacle. And what's it made with hands? It's not of this creation. It's with his own blood, Jesus' blood, entered into the most holy place only once. But he obtained eternal redemption for you and I. So the point is, the blood of Jesus, okay? He offered himself without spot to God, cleansed our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of our transgression. So it is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded. And because of Jesus, um, we can enter in boldly into the holy place, just declaring our faith in what Jesus has done. Father God, we come to you today. We ask you, Lord, to help us during this period. Let us understand the days are coming. But God, let us also understand that the day has come already, that Jesus was accepted into the holiest of holies with his own blood, Lord, uh, as a sacrifice, God, creating a path for us to reconcile back to you. Father God, we give you the praise and the glory because there is no other God like you. You are the only God that can do the marvelous and impossible things that you are doing and have done and will continue to do. We thank God for heaven. We know we will arrive at the appropriate time and and we want to escape, but more importantly, Lord, we want to be ready always for your coming. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Bless us today. I pray that you have a wonderful week. I love you. But God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, loves you so much more. So hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the Holy Spirit and be ready to escape to heaven at the right time. May the Lord be with you. God bless. Bye. Yeah.